Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, and normally, you know, I'd like to cover a lot of Winnipeg and local stuff, but I also like to touch down with North Dakota, Minnesota, because their wrestling scenes are actually happening right now, and it's within traveling distance that we can make it down there. So today I have two very special guests, Vernon and Paul Reed from Northern Force. How's it going, guys? Going good. What's up, Blair? Not too much, you know, just enjoying the nice weather and hopefully we're getting on our way back to uh, normal times again. So now you guys are based out of Minnesota. Were you guys going to a lot of local shows when you were younger or uh, what was it like down there growing up? Yeah, I so, mean, uh... I think <laughs> fine, Paul, you start. Unbelievable. <laughs> So We're not in the, the same house, part, as you can tell. Yeah, so for the most part, uh, I didn't start getting into the indie scene until probably about 2015, 2016. Um, I ended up breaking my hip in a motorcycle accident, so I had a lot of time on a couch. And if you have to sit on a couch and literally can't walk, you start just finding everything. So I think the, the match that really got me back into indie wrestling not just wrestling because i was watching wwe forever i mean it's mm -hmm. everywhere you can but he was a uh, ladder wars between young bucks the addiction uh shane taylor keith lee and war machine and it was just this 30 minutes of brutality that was just so awesome and it really reignited my love for tag team wrestling i've always loved tag team wrestling but just watching what those guys did in the story they told and they actually had in a four-way dance they had two separate feuds going on so shane taylor and keith lee and war machine had they had something going on through ring of honor and then you had the addiction in the young bucks and this is when the young bucks like had basically just gotten to as hot as they were like Mm -hmm. where they are now it's kind of where they got so everything was just blowing up and it was just a fantastic match so then I started getting into Lucha Underground and then seeing what was around here. And, I mean, we have First Wrestling that brings in a lot of great talent. So you see a lot of those tag teams that are on the indies. Uh, you see a lot of local guys, like um, guys I love on the local scene. Uh, you got Riley Jackson. Uh, he's a guy who started out not too long ago. He's really good. Uh, Thunder Frog has been around for a while, and he is just – Anytime he's in a match, I can sit and watch that forever just because that hammer is awesome. Darren Corbin mm -hmm. is probably one of the greatest heels in the area, if not anywhere on the indies. He just makes oh, you hate him. Unbelievable heel. He's the only heel who can get you to boo Adele. <laughs> so, I mean, it's incredible. That's what he walks out to. It's amazing. Every time you hear hello, you start to because you know he's coming through the curtain. And that's, <laughs> that's some free chest level heel crap right there. So then getting into that and everything, like the Minnesota scene from everything I've seen and everything kind of going on, um, a lot of the young guys are really good. I mean, you already have guys getting pulled out of there. Uh, James Tapia is on AEW Dark. Julia Hart's on AEW Dark. Darius mm -hmm. and Dante are signed. They're 
on Dynamite a lot. The fantastic tag team. You have JDX, who's really starting to make his rounds and be great. Brandon Gore is really good. I mean, and there are a lot of them, almost all of them are Academy products through and through. And just what they've done there and how they've been able to build it is just really, really great. All right, space the material out a little bit, Paul. Gosh. Um, <laughs> as far as me, yeah. So, like, um, so like, I mean, Minnesota's got the AWA, and I've always been a history buff. Paul, you totally <laughs> have been, too. I mean, so the AWA, like, the claim to fame of an uncle of ours was that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I live down the road from Vern Gagne. And it was about, like, 10 or 11 years old where I was finally like, who the frick is Vern Gagne? And then... <laughs> the floodgates opened because yeah, like I mean, Paul already touched on a lot of like the current indie scene, but like the history of like Minnesota wrestling. And, I mean, so like the first high flyers match I YouTube because, okay, like reverse date myself. I didn't freaking grow up with the high flyers, you know, Greg got Jim Brunzel, but the very first like high flyers match I would pop up on YouTube was a match against, uh, I want to say blackjack Lanza and like Bobby Duncan. And that's in Winnipeg. So I was like, Oh man, like the AWA and, like the history of Minnesota wrestling is like crazy deep and very cool, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, you know, Hulk Hogan got his start here. Um, obviously, like there's a ton of cool stuff that has happened. But yeah, I think for me, it was like two or three years ago and it was first wrestling. I don't know if that's a promotion you're familiar with. They bring in yep. top indie town, right? So uh, it was, I think, 2017 or 2018. It was a Wrestlepalooza and they sell out First Avenue, which is an iconic Minneapolis venue. They sell it out twice a year for two nights. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy. It was on like any type of, it was, you know, they had live music. They had incredible wrestling. They had a burlesque show. And I was like, where am I? What is happening? This is amazing. You know, growing up in the ruthless aggression era of the WWE, like this was so different. And then I think, yeah, I mean, as far as like what got me to take wrestling seriously is something I could do. It was Wrestlepalooza, and it was first, and I was like, "Whoa, this is, this is amazing! This is so <laughs> much fun!" Um, and I like to think the history of Minnesota wrestling and Midwest wrestling lends itself to, I mean, our credibility, sure, maybe, whatever. That time will tell there to the the talent that Minnesota is putting out. I mean, Robbinsdale High School, fun fact, graduated more professional wrestlers than any other high school in the country. See. I did not know that. I mean, I'm very familiar with the AWA because so much of it, you know, they did run shows often in Winnipeg, you know, and I, oh, yeah, all the time. yeah, my mom, she used to live uh, near the old arena and uh, they'd be running shows and she would go to the corner store and Nick Bockwinkle would be there, you know, like picking something up and just like little things like that. So it's like, you hear about it and you're like, that is really fucking cool. So mm-hmm. I've always loved the, uh, just how much of AWA bled into Winnipeg. So that's always really, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. So, oh, but, so, so we can swear on this podcast. Oh, by all means. You know. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, Minnesota storied history, you know, first wrestling, they've been putting on shows. I, I got familiar with them a couple of years ago. But uh, I've watched some of their matches on YouTube, um, and they have brought in tons of guys. I mean, uh, I think Best Friends were there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to say Orange Cassidy, but I can't remember officially. Oh, yeah. I mean, Orange so... has been through a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Priscilla Kelly, who's now Gigi Dolan in NXT, she uh, Orange was 
he was the Wrestlepalooza or like the first wrestling champion for quite a while. Mm-hmm. We got to see, I don't know if you were there, Polly, but I got to see it was Top Flight versus the North, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Alexander, Ethan Page versus the Lucha Bros in a triple yep. threat match, like the night before Fighter Fest, like the inaugural AEW Fighter Fest. And I was just yeah. like, what are these guys doing here? This is amazing. You know, having very like little knowledge of indie wrestling at the time. Seeing a show like that, which like a match like that on an indie show is that's something special, you know, so you don't you're not always going to get that. But when you are, you know, you're witnessing something. Dude, I saw Darby Allen versus the great Sasuke. Like, (laughs) that was just sheer madness that I like that a match like that even existed, let alone a booker had the idea to put it together. Like just stroke of genius. Mm -hmm. Well, the night before they had uh, Shane Strickland versus... uh, great Sasuke and that was amazing and you can kind of see especially I mean when workers get older you kind of gotta not destroy yourself because you gotta wake up the next morning and you could just see how they were doing everything and if you've watched any Shane Strickland matches he is phenomenal and for him to not have to really change his style just kind of modify some stuff and still get a fantastic match and Sasuke can still go. So it was a fantastic match all throughout. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your guys, you know, foray into wrestling. How did it, you know, how'd you first get started before, you know, before you step foot training at the uh, Academy, the school of professional wrestling, how did that get started? Burn, you go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So that was, I mean, the original trainers, we didn't come in for the first class or even like the second or third class. But yeah, I mean, it was, I believe it was started by Ken Anderson, John Devari, and Eric Cannon. Um, you know, Molly Sean Holly. and Ken obviously had pretty, huh? Well, Molly Holly, yes, but she was never like, I don't think she was ever like full time. But yeah, she, yeah, she was an original coach there too. I mean, it's so like Darius and Dante Martin were trained by all of them. At mm-hmm. different points, um, but at the time Paul and I joined, it was just Ken, and then there were some like occasional, you know, guest lectures. Like uh, Barry Darso came in, okay, uh, which was awesome. It was so hard not to just openly mark out for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to be honest, because I was like, like just looking, and he's a mountain of a man too. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. So by the time we got there, um, it was pretty much just Ken, and yeah. I mean, like so. You know, I, like in college, well, I grew up playing hockey. I mean, so like, I don't know, contact sports was always on my radar. I transitioned to playing rugby college. Um, so like I was really nervous and hoping like athletically that I'd be able to do just like the basic stuff mm-hmm. in like at camp. And we're super lucky to have the academy so close. Um, but as far as like how we got like – I. The transition from being a fan to thinking I could do this is not, I don't know, felt like a pretty big step for me personally to be like, oh man, I think I could actually maybe do this. Mm-hmm. Like, to answer your question, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. What about yourself, Paul? Uh, so I'd actually been thinking about it, but for the longest time, like if, when you watch WWE, you think of guys who are like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, like damn near 300 pounds so for the longest time like I honestly don't think that I'm that big of a person granted I've went to high school and my friends throughout high school and even to this day are guys that are like six four six five three hundred pounds so 
I'm a fairly big guy, but compared to them, like I'm a small person, so I'm like wrestling is never a thing for me. And I actually have Randy Orton looks like a giant now, dude. Randy Orton yeah. looked like an average guy in the WWE, and now he looks like a freaking giant. But I actually have so what actually finally pushed me over is um I was working at a bar and the owner knew I loved wrestling, and one day he came in after going home one night and like drinking a case of beer, he turned on Axis and he saw like a replay of a New Japan from like a month ago, like a month prior. And he's like, this is awesome. Like, how can we do this here? So I looked at a couple things in uh, Steel Domain Wrestling. They're a smaller one um, in the area. He reached out to them. They reached back. So we got them up here. So the first year going, I kind of talked to the guys and I had a couple of guys like, oh, you are you a wrestler? You look like one. I'm like, nah. So by the second year, I'm kind of like, well, I'm kind of thinking about this. And on that show, um, AJ Sanchez, who wrestles up in there, I know him pretty well now through that. So mm-hmm. him, Eric Cannon, and Garrison Creed were all there. And then we went out and had some drinks after. And we were just talking. And I think what, talking to Eric Cannon, he's actually like, you actually got a mind for wrestling. Like, you kind of understand how it is. He's like, Here's the thing. He's like, you can either wish you've done it or actually just do it. Because what are you going to be five years from now? You're either going to be wondering if you could have done it or actually just went out and did it. Mm-hmm. And then like Vern said, the first day of class, like everything that's going through your mind is basically, can I do this? Because the last thing you want to do is get in that ring, be like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then just fall in your face and be like, I don't want any of this. And yeah, we've seen it. Like, probably half our class initially dropped out. I mean, once you start taking bumps, like, they hurt. Like, mm-hmm. as much as everyone wants to say wrestling is fake, like, everything hurts. Like, mm-hmm. I can't count the number of times you've act- I've actually gotten punched. Burns actually gotten punched. <laughs> like, just... Like, it's not a full punch, but, I mean, you're connecting. I mean, you're trying your best yeah. not to punch a guy in the face, but... Sometimes it happens. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even working on moves and everything. I know a friend of ours we've given a black eye to. I didn't mean to, but I just came in a little hot with a drop kick. <laughs> and to catch him wrong. I mean, you say you're sorry, you get back up. Like, you know, it's going to happen to you at some point. I mean... Once you kind of get your mind uh, Yeah, as a person who's eaten the majority of your fucking brain buster to the knees in, like, when we practice our moves, yeah, I mean, some of them land a lot stiffer. Well, maybe you shouldn't Paul be sandbagging me. I'm not sandbagging <laughs> you. You're the... Okay. Here's, okay, so we got to get in the ring. I'm not going to name names. We got to get in the ring with a, with a current superstar at a promotion who wasn't supposed to be training in our ring, whatever. He, like, I think Paul and I are pretty much the same size. Like, we look, we're about the same height, we're about the same weight, give or take 15 pounds. And we had a buddy there, Ricky Norin, you know, a local deathmatch wrestler, an mm-hmm. absolute sweetheart. So it's the three of us and this one guy who shall remain nameless. Those two form a tag team against me and Paul. We're going to do, like, a practice match, whatever. He doesn't even address me. He just immediately looks at Paul. He's like, all right, so as the hoss of the tag team. And I was like, god damn it. Like, right away. <laughs> right away, I'm the guy. And I was like, this not fair at all. Totally did me dirty. 
So you had mentioned that Ken was pretty much Ken Anderson was basically your trainer when you guys were there. Yeah. yeah. What year? What year did you guys get started? Twenty eighteen. Two thousand eighteen. No, two thousand nineteen. Was it nineteen? Oh yeah, it was November. Yeah. Was it November? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, November. 2nd. So that was basically, I mean, you guys start training right before the pandemic hits, basically. Yeah. How difficult was it to train while the pandemic's going on? I mean, very, it sucked. Like very. Um, I mean, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, no one was running anything. So, and we had gotten to the point where we probably had a month more of just kind of academy matches and run through stuff and Ken was going to be like you guys need to get matches because from this point on like you need to get in front of us to figure out what works what doesn't work because yeah yeah Paul sorry to jump in no no so like so I mean so Ken had basically said like there's nothing more for me to teach you that that like like everything you need to learn needs to be replicated in front of a crowd and like for pretty much everyone who comes to the academy like on day one like Ken will say like it's a free country. You can take bookings whenever you want, but like I can help you take bookings when I think you're ready. And like from day one, both of us are like we're not getting, we're not even touching a different ring until Ken thinks that we're ready. Yeah. So like Ken and, uh, and his wife who run the place like took COVID very seriously, and like as soon as lockdowns happened, camp shut down, and he was basically basically like, hey man, like what do you want us to do? Like are we ready? Are we almost ready? Like what do you think? And he basically was like, you know, like. You guys were close. Um, I don't know what, like, he's like, I felt that you guys needed a month or two more polish before you got in the ring mm-hmm. and wrestled. And then uh, North Dakota opened up before Minnesota. And we had an opportunity to debut for a promotion in, in North Dakota. And, like, that was, I mean, that was pretty much our intro. But, like, yeah. I'm sure, like, years from now, like, I mean, the, the top-level indie workers before the pandemic, like, had a lot more probably to lose like we hadn't started yet so like that sucks bummer we were yeah. impatient we were definitely like chomping at the bit to get working mm-hmm. but the people who like were making their livelihoods off of like wrestling at the independence which you could do before COVID, which was amazing mm-hmm. like they had a lot more to lose and like that also like i'm in no way are we being like yeah it was so hard trying to start in COVID. it, it was but like it definitely sucks more for like the vets out there who were like had their like livelihood taken away from them that sucks yeah like uh paul had mentioned aj sanchez and i talked to him a few weeks Mm -hmm. back and he make basically makes his living from wrestling and his family's business so during the pandemic it's been nothing so you really feel for those situations with people yeah and i can't even imagine the guys who because i mean a lot of the time in wrestling you can get hot and especially if you kind of come out of nowhere to get hot and if you hit it right there like every ounce of momentum i mean the bigger indie guys at least have a track record and this big portfolio to work with but guys who are just getting hot and just starting to hit that next plateau like everything just ground to a halt for them and mm-hmm. it's kind of baffling on that i know darius and dante they got signed like right in the middle of that and they yeah. had they had gotten lucky with the uh, collective and being able to get there and everything. Cause that really showcased what they could do. But I mean, there's only so many slots on that and there's only so much 
a promoter is going to go out on a limb if you don't have enough tape or anything. So, I mean, they got lucky, and I'm sure there's well, they didn't get lucky. other guys that would have wanted those slots. Mm-hmm. get lucky. They're very good wrestlers, Paul. That's why they got in the collective. Jeez. You know, I think it was in to end of 2018 or early 2019, they were actually up here wrestling a couple shows for yeah. a few different promotions. And I mean, it's it's almost like some promoters, they just have an eye for talent before they break through, you know? So they had a chance to wrestle up here. And the next thing you know, you're finding out like, oh shit, these guys are on Dynamite. They're going to be wrestling the Young Bucks. And you're like, oh fuck, they were in Winnipeg not too long ago, you know? So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool how it plays out. You had mentioned your first match was in North Dakota. Uh, what was that like for you guys? You know, were you, besides um, obviously excitement, but you know, during a pandemic and was it a big crowd at least, or what was that all? How was it for you guys? It's probably like, what do you think? Like 150 people there? No, I'm Polly? thinking about a hundred. Really? Yeah, kind of what I got it figured out about a hundred. Yeah. I, ooh, all right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was odd. Like, like I said, like we, we went out, um, we went out, there were, let me see. There was like five or six of us from Minnesota on that show, and it was, it was fun. I mean, other than like the nerves, right? Like the nerves. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, we, we hadn't been like amongst wrestlers in such a long time either. You know, like we're used to going to camp like two, three nights a week. Like you're talking about like moves you want to put together. You're talking about like this would be fun. I want to work on this. I want to practice this. And you're basically mm-hmm. going cold after a four-hour drive into like, oh shit, we're not debut. Like what um <laughs> nerves are big and like you know like 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 i'm sure many of many wrestlers like you know you you, you wrestle a ton of practice matches and there's no like crowd and there's no there's no there's nobody to really like gauge a reaction off of so we basically just like put a match together mm-hmm. and we're like okay that's it we got to follow the script because like we, we don't have that kind of like performance you know, muscle the flex yet, you know, so, like, it was weird, and, I mean, COVID, like, at that point, I'd already had it, so I had the antibodies, but there was still also this, like, I feel like it's so weird, because, like, we were so impatient to get started, but also, we we felt kind of bad, I don't know about you, Paul, I felt kind of bad being, like, man, like, should we be doing this, like, how is this going to look in a year, like, shows are happening, you know, they started happening in the Dakotas and Wisconsin way before they've been, they've, they've barely been, I think only first has done stuff in Minnesota and like mm-hmm. they do it right and they do it safely, which is obviously what you want, but like yeah. in North Dakota and South Dakota, like other than feeling nervous about going on in our first show, like the the guys we were working, like one of them spit in Paul's face and I was like, oh, okay, like this, this is what we're doing now. All right, <laughs> let's go. I mean, with everything going on, maybe not the time to be uh, pulling shit like that. But I couldn't believe it. I was fuck. like, all right. I mean, I've only been to one show in Grand Forks, and it was, I think, about six years ago, Impact Wrestling ran through and did a show there. And I was so super stoked to go down there. I bought, like, second-row seats, you know. I'm thinking it's going to be at the Alaris Center. And it was in, like, the Canadens Ballroom. And there was, like, 150 people tops there. And that's the only experience with Grand Forks I've had for wrestling so far. I think that's where we were. Uh, we were in Fargo. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. But we were in a little, like, Hotel Congress Ballroom, though. Yeah. 
That's what it was. Like, I think, like Vernon said, like, the uh, biggest thing was the crowd. Like, we had no idea what to do in front of a crowd. Like, I would want to say the biggest learning thing in that match was the crowd. Like, just how we have to go about engaging them and what we have to do. I mean, we were just down in Iowa not too long ago. What was that? Four weeks ago now? Three weeks ago? Something like that? Yeah, three weeks ago. And just from what we learned in that first match to what we're doing now, like, just being able to engage with the crowd and feel that. And you can do so much without having to do anything by just (laughs) engaging the crowd and really letting stuff breathe. And you can't replicate that. I mean, even in camp, there's other wrestlers watching, but the wrestlers, like, when I watch matches, I watch them completely different now because I'm looking for different things. I mean, I kind of equate it to if you become very good at a sport, you look at these small nuances versus the whole picture of everything. So, yeah, just learning the crowds and learning what you can do, what you can't do, and what you have to do. Like, you could go out there and just do move after move after move after move. If you don't let them breathe, (laughs) you don't bring the crowd into it. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, and that's a good point too, Paul, because, like, that's, I think, definitely what we're both learning is, like, when you're training and you're getting better, you're being critiqued by, you know, so, like, vets would come through camp, like, former graduates would come through, Darius, Dante, uh, JDX, they'd be in pretty often and and they would watch us and like obviously like like Darius taught me how to do like he taught me how to throw suplexes and neck breakers like first time hitting a neck breaker was on Darius you know like so like but like my point is like when we're putting on practice matches and training don't get me wrong dude like we're still like we still have so much to learn we've barely been at this like let's not have any illusions like you don't have two vets on here I'm sorry um (laughs) when we like when we were in training like we're doing stuff to pop each other and pop other wrestling students, right? And while mm-hmm. us and other wrestling students might be very green in the eyes of like other workers, which we should be, like a crowd is popped by totally different stuff, you know? Like mm-hmm. at this show in Iowa, we saw, oh man, we saw Campbell Myers and that dude was like, they had a gauntlet match and that entire gauntlet match, every worker was just doing shit where I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are awesome. These guys mm-hmm. are so good. And the crowd was so flat. And I was like, what the hell? And that's kind of when I was like, oh, right. Like, it's not my job to like, it's not my job to pop Paul anymore when I do goofy shit in the ring. Like, it's not my job to like, <laughs> just pop other wrestlers. Like working a crowd is so different. And like town to town, it's different. But like, either way, like it's, you're in, we, we've been interfacing with a totally group of people now. And, and I think that like, that takes you know, you don't have to be like a, a, a crazy top tier CrossFit athlete to get that emotional reaction out of a crowd. And thank God, because that's not. Would you say that's the biggest thing you've learned so far since you guys have started off is the uh, crowd interaction? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And we're still learning it. We're, we're nowhere near yeah. perfect there. Um, and even like, so we did uh, AWF as a Minnesota promotion um, that is they're bringing in a lot more tag teams which is great for us and like the first we did some like tapings for like local access television but that wasn't in front of a crowd either so like you know we we did that the same weekend that we did our debut show in fargo and like wrestling in like in a church gymnasium with no people around just the timekeeper being like wrap it up to like wrestling in front of a crowd you're like holy hell this is different (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's so weird 
You did mention uh, your match in, was it Iowa? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that the one for Rugged Pro? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about that one a little bit because I know you guys won the tag titles down there. So it's up on YouTube if anyone wants to check it out. So what was that like? I mean, you guys are winning your first championships, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Yeah, was it a little bit of a, like... You know, you're feeling good. These the promotions got faith in us. You know, they're giving us the titles, or is it just another you know, like, ah, it's no big deal. You know, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, I feel great. I think the titles look damn good on us. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how much I should say, but I was like, I'm like, I'm a little surprised they're putting the belts on us. Like, it's like, it's like okay. Yeah, we no-sold everything on that. As soon as we found out we were getting the belts, my normal reaction would have been like, uh, what do you mean? Can we say that again? I'm just like, that makes sense. And, like, it was fun, you know? Like, so, okay, like, another, I don't know, maybe we're talking to insider baseball here. All throughout camp, everybody looked at us and said, you guys are going to be heels. And we were like, awesome. The, the Brain Busters, I would say, Paul, are our joint favorite tag team. Like, that's kind of when we really started to be like, oh, we got to be a tag team. Because we both love the same type of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, people on Twitter compare us to FTR as if that's an insult. And it's like, that's legit our favorite tag team right now. Like, they are the best. Like, imagine comparing us to them and us being anything but flattered. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, but like our first two matches, we were baby faces, And we were like, oh, shit, what do we do? And then we finally, like, got to go over heels in Rugged Pro. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I told a teenage kid I was going to beat him to death. I ate this lady's <laughs> chips. And, oh, man, it was so much fun. I was like, oh, finally I get to do this. I mean, when I first saw, like, you know, checked out your guys' Twitter and that, I was like, these guys are heels. You guys have the look. And I, I don't get how good they're pushing you on his faces. I mean, the comparison to FTR you can't take that, but like a, a positive compliment, you know? So. Oh yeah. We have so many people who are like, well, you bitches look like FTR. I'm like, thank you. Like, I don't know how that's an insult. Like, yeah, we get mustache mountain too. And like I, the first words that were said to me. So like, again, like back to camp, right? Like, so these, there's an advanced class. So they're putting on a practice match and the bad guy in the match is a bad guy thing. And I boo him. And like, I didn't even know this guy wrestling. And I boo him when he does a bad guy thing. First words out of his mouth were just, fuck off, Trent Seven. And I was like, hey, well, actually, no, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. Like, Trent Seven's like a, a freaking genius. Like, I don't know. Hey, you got to go with it, so. Yeah, and I now, mean, like, us, like, I don't know. Twitter is, I'll be honest, Twitter is basically just me popping myself. Um, but, like, it, it is interesting, too, like, how important it is, like, to, to be active on socials. Like, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like, that that's how we thats how we ended up talking to the promoter at Rugged Pro and, like, going down to Iowa. That's how we got to North Dakota. That's how we're getting out to North Dakota again in a week. Like, th- this is all, like, social media is, like, a, a, a bona fide skill you need to have. It's not just, like, something that can, like, sort of remain dormant. Like, you got to have it and you got to work it. Yeah, like if I wouldn't have, you know, I'd retweeted something that Time Bomb had uh, your upcoming match. And then next thing I know, you're like, hey, I've got family in Manitoba. I was like, oh, cool. And you started shooting the shit back and forth. And then I'm like, you guys want to talk <laughs> wrestling? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So here we are. So Yeah, Burn's really good at that stuff. Like I I try to stay off of it. I'm, I don't 
hundred percent understand it. I laugh at stuff. I enjoy seeing what goes on, but Vern is just great at it all. And like you said, like honestly, probably half the matches we have coming up booked right now are all because of social media or all just because who we've interacted with. I mean, sometimes you have to be really good. Sometimes it's luck and just shooting something on Twitter and someone engaging back with you and finding it funny. Like, you kind of never know, but if you're not going to put yourself out there, it's you're not going to get anywhere. So, I mean, at least that's kind of what I'd have to say about that. Just put yourself out there, see what happens. I mean, don't mm-hmm. be an a-hole about it. Like, don't literally shoot on people. Like, no. at least have some. <laughs> like, everything Bird does usually pops me because it's funny and it's tongue-in-cheek. And it's enough of an insult. But it's also humorous enough to where it's not going to make someone actually hot. It's actually going to make them like, oh, oh, we're going to see where this goes. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the bonus to that because, like you said, he does it to pop himself. And 99% of the time, I'm laughing at whatever he's doing. <laughs> and he, he'll usually shoot me a message. He's like, dude, you got to see what I just did. I can't believe they replied to me. Dude, and then Paul tries to hop on Instagram or Twitter. He's worse than my fucking mother-in-law when it comes to, like... I love my mother-in-law, by the way. But, like, I will send her, like, a three-paragraph text about something, and she'll respond with, great, period. Or, like, fine, period. (laughs) And she'll attempt humor, and it falls flat. And, like, so, before our first match with AWF, we were working these two dudes from Chicago, uh, Trevor Outlaw, Coda Jacobs. And, like, um, Trevor Outlaw shot it. Huh? Cody Deener. No, not Cody Deener. Uh, oh, I can't it's think of Cody his name Jacobs. Right no, it's not Cody Jacobs. It's Jacob Dean. Jacob yeah, that's Dean. what it is. I'm sorry, Jacob. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Outlaw, Jacob Dean. Trevor shoots us a message on Instagram and is like, hey, guys, I know it's your first match. I know we got five minutes. Don't worry about it. Like, We're going to put together a good match. We're going to make sure you guys get over. It'll be simple. It'll be clean. And I was like, I was like, almost, like I was like, yeah, I'm a very emotional person. I was like, this is so nice. Like, what an amazing, like, I don't know if everybody does that, like, but I would like to do that with every match I have is to reach out to them beforehand and be like, hey, what are you thinking for the match? Mm-hmm. I have no problem being a damn professional and putting you over. I don't care if we're heels or faces or going over or not. Like, I thought that was such a nice gesture. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I had so much anxiety up until that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And I was like getting ready to respond. And Paul hopped in and responded beforehand. And all he said back was like, thank you, period. We are looking forward to working with you, period. And I was like, what did you do? Like, what? Like, you are like a 90-year-old on social media. Like, just, it was I'm pretty sure. I, I read it and I was like, son of a bitch. You, you guys have mentioned the, uh, the academy where you train quite a bit. It, it's had quite a big impact on you guys, yeah. not just for training, but are you still keeping in contact with people from there or how has oh, yeah. that worked out? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, I think we have like four or five different group texts between different guys, probably once a day, every other day, we're always talking about something. We're sending matches. We're busting each other's balls. Like everything's kind of just on that. And we're always keeping in touch. We're running things by them. I mean, the one thing in wrestling is if you don't have contacts and you're not reaching out and you're not, if people don't want to be around you, like no one's going to book you. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest thing. And plus all those guys we've trained and we've learned so much from them. And 
I'm hoping they'll say at some point they've learned something from us. Maybe, probably more of what not to do, but... Um, so, I mean, that's the biggest thing, is just having those guys and everything. And it's always good to kind of be able to run something by, because in my head, I can come up with so many different things I want to do, but until you can run them by someone who's got a different kind of viewpoint on it, like we've had guys help us with double team spots. We've helped other guys with spots. Like it's just tweaking stuff and kind of getting easier ins and outs to stuff and kind of saving footwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're really, there's a lot. Okay. So yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like friends with people that I met at camp. Like, I don't know. I'm a very social person. I'm a very relational person. Like I, I was a, a chaplain, like I've been a chaplain, like for, and now I'm in sales. Like, I mean, I, I work jobs that ha have to do chiefly with people. Um, yeah. So like, that's just sort of what I do. And like, I've made like really awesome friends through camp. And like, there's like, yeah, like, like, I mean, to put a couple of people over, like Patrick Briggs is just debuting. She just debuted uh, for Time Bomb last month. And I'm so fucking pumped because she's so rad. Um. Ricky Norin, Damon Spriggle, mm -hmm. like, I don't even, I mean, Darius and Dante, of course, like, dude, Darius and Dante have given us way more time than we deserve. Like, those guys are so stupid smart and, like, athletic, and, like, I don't know why they spent any time with us at all, because we were just, like, trying to do, like, brain busters, and, like, <laughs> doing, like, they're just throwing, like, they're throwing this stupid athletics, but at one time, we were training... And Dante just, like, looks at me, Paul, and is like, I think I got a spot for you guys. And he runs us through this, like, full AEW spot. And I was like, holy shit. So, like, yeah, like, we were just having, like, in one of our groups yesterday, like, one of the, uh, one of our buddies was like, oh, hey, like, like, I, I want to start watching some more Tanahashi matches. And that started, like, an, a 90-minute conversation <laughs> about, like, like, oh, man, like, you're going to, you got to watch these matches. You got to watch Tanahashi Okada. You got to watch them in order. You got to watch this stuff against, definitely his early stuff against Okada. Oh, you're also going to find out how incredible, like, we, we just, like, yeah, we talk, we talk wrestling all the time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 2020 has kind of forced you to be good at stuff like that. Like, instead of meeting in person and talking in person, like, hey, we've got to talk wrestling and watch wrestling somehow. So, yeah, oh. the Academy, and, like, and I totally would put Ken over, too. Like, Ken is, like, somebody i'm comfortable texting about other than wrestling like you know like mm -hmm. like he like cares about and i think has a very like modern approach to, like building a community within wrestling like he was always like I, I mean as far as like our experience with him like he was super like you know like the speaking out movement happened and like it was crazy for a lot of talent and like ken in our camp was always like only ever respectful like only ever professional and was only ever going to like treat you the way, not the way he wanted to be treated. He'd treat you the way you want to be treated. And I think mm -hmm. like, I think it's totally, you know, like we'd have some AWA guys come into camp and you would hear just batshit crazy stories about the way things <laughs> used to be on the road. And like, and I'm grateful that things are different now, you know? Yeah. And, and I think Ken really embraced that and like made sure he's like, this is what you like. You get in the locker room, you shake everybody's hand. Like you are entitled to nothing you got to work hard. Here's how you do it. Like, I don't like it was the community and I'm really bummed that it's not up yet. I would, I would hope, um, cause Minnesota has like just loosened a lot of restrictions cause we're almost at like 70% immunity or sorry, vaccination rate. Like, okay. I hope we get back up and running soon because yeah, like I've missed my friends. 
No, and I mean, from the sounds before you even said, you know, the type of community that it was, that's exactly the vibe I got just a tight knit community, everyone's, you know, friends, respectful of each other, and just, you know, help each other out, because I'm sure you guys are willing, you know, wanting to learn, take in as much as you can. And I'm sure that everyone else sort of has the same mindset, or else they would, aren't going to be a part of it. Yeah. Now, coming up May 27th, you guys are going to be wrestling for Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. Survival never goes out of style at the Sanctuary Event Center in Fargo. I think there's still tickets available. It's going to be on IWTV if tickets are sold out. Woo! Let's talk about this because you guys are going to be facing off with the Carver of Cutters Alley and Duke Cornell. What can the fans expect from this match? Carver is also one scary motherfucker. Have you seen that guy? He's honestly, he's fucking freaky. I know. Like, he's unnerving. I watched the match with Badger, and I'm just like, this guy's just a creep show. Yeah, I hope he's not listening. But who raised him? <laughs> in in my notes, I have on the side here, and I like, you know, I've got the time bomb info, and then below it says getting retribution for Badger Briggs. So That's just right. know that I have this in here. It's a retribution match. We need to defend her honor. We need to defend our honor. Side note: the people who made both of our gear, their honor needs defending. Clearly, definitely, they make fantastic gear, and I just think I—I I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think people can expect um, us trying our darndest, Flair. But who's to say? That's I, all. Just, as long as Carver doesn't come out with the chains, I think I think we got a great shot. This is your first match for Time Bomb, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You guys excited for this? What are you guys thinking? Well, hell yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Paul, Time Bomb is such up. cool stuff, man. Time Bomb. Oh is like- yeah, I mean. This is probably in our young career our biggest opportunity right now. I mean, easily there with Carver and Duke. I mean, it's on IWTV. Time Bomb has been putting on great shows. I mean, the match, mm-hmm. the card top to bottom, is really good. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that Eric Cannon Jossie match. That six way scramble is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the violence is forever. Huge fan of those guys. I love Dude. Kevin Koo and Dom. Their open challenge. I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever that's going to be. Like, I hope it's us. I hope we get to answer an open <laughs> challenge because I mean, we get our, we'd get our. They would do to us what Netflix did to Blockbuster. But I'd still answer just to just to let Dom beat the shit out of me for five and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. That'd be fine. But yeah, Riley Jackson versus Ricky yeah. Norin too. Oh, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be so much fun. I'm oh. going to be in the crowd. I'm going to put on a disguise and just scream at Riley. Like with, cause I've been following along with the match announcements and there's people that like, you know, like free range Kara, for example, yeah. it's the fir- first that I've heard of her, but I like went and I'm sorry, watching the video she's putting out. I was like, fuck, she's awesome. So yeah. like, I'm stoked for that match. You know, I think it's going to be a really great show. I'm super hyped on what time bomb has been doing. Yeah, yeah, she's wrestling Brooke Valentine. Brooke is a fantastic worker. She yeah. just at the Iowa show we were at, like she put on a great match. She, she's phenomenal. Like from top to bottom, I, whether you go there and get tickets or you watch on IWTV, I do not think you're going to get disappointed. And I, I can't think of a better card I've seen in the last month anywhere around here. So I would definitely go and check it out because it's going to be fantastic. What I love about independent wrestling right now is that like, more promotions should be doing stuff like what Time Bomb is doing. Like, 
Time Bomb is carving out this like super cool niche. Like they're such their own flavor. They're such mm-hmm. their own style. Like the Time Bomb Dojo and like stuff they were putting on with what they were able to do. Like, like the access that the average person has to like higher quality production material. And like you can tell more stories like with social media and like even working through the pandemic. Like like I like Time Bomb is just like such this like cool, like special, like total niche market but like you like there's not but nobody is stopping them from doing that like i don't i would hope that like more promotions like learn from time bomb because like they just are able to do such unique stuff because like they're not limited by anything anymore like you don't need mm-hmm. a tv deal you don't need like you know a fifteen thousand dollar camera like you <laughs> the amount of stuff that they're able to do is just so unique like we're super happy and uh, yeah i totally agree with paul i think this is the biggest match of our careers thus far and the, the, the going state that our careers are in but yeah to be able to like step into a promotion like that and like they're willing to take a chance on us like man like we're gonna we're gonna work our asses off because they do such cool stuff and we want to be part of it mm-hmm. yeah their uh their last event which was i think they put it up on youtube but it was only about an hour long but mm-hmm. it was fantastic i mean the matthew justice match against uh damon spriggle oh my gosh that was great Just- yeah um i really like i popped hard for um uh devon monroe's blair onyx another academy Mm -hmm. student nbd Um, but like when he like brought out the raid and the chair yeah the the taser like just like the, the 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 work that they were doing in that match was fantastic i mean Here's what people don't realize about orin vetu and like i i we haven't gotten the chance to meet him i hope we get to soon but like he's a stupid good like technical wrestler like I don't think I think people falsely think to themselves, like, "Oh, Orin's a deathmatch guy. He's probably not that great at wrestling." Dude can like work. Like he mm-hmm. is a crazy good technical wrestler. And obviously, you've got Dom Guarini, who plug in him. He has a seminar before the actual event uh, that he's putting on. But like that dude is like a purple belt BJJ. Obviously, he can like choke you out for real. Like <laughs> so, like the two of them, like and the stuff that they can do would be so like I'd. I would watch a trilogy easily. Mm-hmm. Like I was, uh, I like to watch because MLW would put their shows up on YouTube. So it's easy to watch, you know, it's only mm-hmm. an hour long. And that was my first uh, experience seeing Dom. And then as soon as it was announced, he was fighting Oren. I mean, you see them on the mat and it was a fantastic match. Dude, they yeah. did a great job. Yeah. So. MLW is so much fun to watch too. Another company that like puts out super quality content, like, through very accessible means mm-hmm. there's right now there's so much variety out there for wrestling that even if you don't like what one company is doing all you got to do is go on youtube you'll or a different streaming service you'll find something that you like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. dude we're in like a digital territory era and it's like super fun because it's like oh man like i definitely want to watch like no ring deathmatch stuff okay i'll throw up like no peace underground or like Oh, like I want to see something like out of control, ridiculous. Like, okay, fine. It's DDT time on YouTube. Which, Paul, by the way, like touring DDT needs to be on our bucket list. I don't know if we've talked about that yet, but DDT—they're just goofy as hell, and I love it. Um, but yeah, like it's—it's it's so exciting. Like I'm really pumped that things are finally starting. To, it seems like it seems like nationwide things are starting to really ramp back up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned bucket lists. Uh, I mean, you guys are starting off, so obviously the world is your oyster right now. Mm-hmm. 
what sort of things are you targeting? You know, any certain places you want to wrestle, or is it just taking as much as many matches as you can, just get as much experience? What sort of uh, lining up for you guys? I think it's a little of both. Um, I know we have long-term designs. Like, there's a handful of tag leagues around the world that would be amazing to get into, like WXW, uh, mm-hmm. World Tag League in Japan. I know. I forget what promotion, but they do have a handful in Britain and Europe. Uh, there's a lot of tag teams around here that we really want to wrestle. Uh, NDS is on top of that list. Country mm-hmm. Air. I mean, if we could ever get in the ring with Top Flight, like that's up there. I mean, we trained with them. They've gave us a, a lot of knowledge, and just to be able to mm-hmm. step in the ring with them would be fantastic. Uh, Bill Williams. Slasher Scene. Slasher Scene is another one. Uh, uh the Renaissance Revolution, that's another one. Bill Williams and uh, Ricky Norin, we want to get in there with them. Like, there's so many, and I mean, obviously violence is forever. I mean, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But down the road, I would love to get in with them. There's so many good indie tag teams that just getting in the ring with them, we're going to learn so much mm-hmm. that it would just be phenomenal to be able to just wrestle these guys that are doing what we want to be doing right now, like in the future. And I think, like you said, with the world being our oyster and basically anything, I, I don't think we have a concrete bucket list, but I know there's a lot of things we want to accomplish. And a lot of them start with wrestling these guys we want to wrestle and kind of helping us learn to get better and get better in the ring and just kind of push ourselves, improve ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think too, I think too, going off that, like, I, I think if you're in the Midwest, you're stupid. If you don't want to get booked in Chicago, I mean, it's, it's one of the best cities in the country. Like we want to get down there and, mm-hmm. you know, wrestle whoever we can. Uh, Milwaukee's got a bunch of great shit going too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what it's like everywhere else. I really don't. But I feel like in Minnesota, we kind of have like an embarrassment of riches as far as like, yeah, there's some, like awesome local tag teams. Like, I don't know. We don't, we don't have any singles ambitions. Like, like there's there's other tag teams that like are singles guys and they have fun together and that's cool but like for Paul and I like it's only ever been tag team wrestling and like we're very grateful to AEW um because like they're, they they put tag team wrestling over a ton all the time and I think like on an independent level a lot of people are following suit and like that's all we've ever wanted to do is tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. No. I completely agree. I mean, you look at what they've done with tag team wrestling. I mean, it was almost on a, you know, it's last legs with what, you know, WWE was doing because it wasn't a focus. Whereas Mm -hmm. there's all these great tag teams, even on the independents or just being released, they all go to AEW and you're seeing just the kind of talent that's out there. Mm -hmm. So it's really great. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. Favorite matches. Give me a couple of your personal favorite matches. You know, you can pick who goes first. Maybe two or three, you know? Uh, okay, I got one off the top. Uh, Revival versus American Alpha. NXT mm-hmm. TakeOver Dallas. Um, that's one of my... Definitely, like, in modern tag team wrestling. I think that's their best one. Everyone goes against DIY. That's fine. I think their match against American Alpha is better. Everything FTR does is so GD smart in that match. Um so, like, as far as, like, modern tag team wrestling, that is definitely up there for me. What about you, Pauly? Uh, probably the three for me. One, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn at uh, TakeOver so Dallas. Good. The same pay-per-view. 
Yeah, that that match and just hearing about how basically Sammy and Shinsuke called that entire match in the ring. Like they that's what they did on the fly and it was just so compelling and so good. Um back to what I was talking about earlier, that uh four way tag match, uh ladder wars with the young bucks, uh Diction, Shin Taylor. Keithley and uh, War Machine. That's mm-hmm. obviously going to be up there. And then probably the match that really got me into tag team wrestling and what I loved, uh, it was WrestleMania 14. It was the New Age Outlaws versus uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Mm-hmm. When they push those guys <laughs> off the uh, ramp <laughs> in the dumpster, I'm like, are you allowed to do this? <laughs> nuts. Uh, that entire match just captivated me as a kid and i'm like oh my god this is amazing and Mm -hmm. from that point on like i've always loved wrestling like there'd be times i wouldn't watching it as much but like that match always sticks in my mind and then those other two are just fantastic matches that just you get lost in them you forget Mm -hmm. about time you forget about what's going on and you just get lost in them Mm -hmm. that uh that takeover dallas card that uh, i I mean, you go back and look at it or even rewatch it. And I enjoyed it more than the WrestleMania that was the next night, you know, with Dude, the, yeah. just the action in it. So it was. Dude, they, yeah. Those takeovers, man, were so sick. Like, I got to see NXT live like, in Minneapolis. And I'll get back to, like, favorite matches in a second. But I saw Heavy Machinery and Ricochet versus Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, the most, like, Otis was just peak Otis, just, like, jiggling in front of Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> My wife is not even close to a wrestling fan, and she was getting into it. Um, but yeah, like, dude, those takeovers were so—I missed out. They were so hot. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say too, because Paul is talking about the singles matches, and we're a tag team, whatever. Kensuke Sasaki versus Kenta Kobashi, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, Destiny 2005, just, just a goddamn hoss fight. That's like all I want to do. Like, Paul knows this, and I think he hates it, but like, I just. All I want to do is chop offs. That's like, <laughs> that's like, that's just all. Like, I just, oh man, like, you see those guys just full fucking strong style, just laying into each other. It's like, it's just, it's everything I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, guys, thank you very much for this. Where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? I mean, I know you guys got a pro wrestling tease shop with some fantastic designs on there. So let's hear it. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, both at Northern Force MN for Minnesota, Northern Force MN. And then Pro Wrestling Tees, it's Northern Force 612, I, I believe. Think, I think so. Yeah, I believe, yeah. Pro Wrestling Tees, Northern Force 612. Um, and it's then, not yeah, just on Twitter and Instagram. I work from home now, so if you send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram, I will respond to it probably faster than what like acceptable. Um, <laughs> Paul does not do social media um, for the benefit of all of us, both personally and for our careers. <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, personally, please buy a t-shirt. I like our shirts. I think they're good. Badger Briggs designed one of them. She designed our Northern friends shirt. No, you guys have some great design shirts and I mean, I'm stoked on them. I, I will have to order one. I'm just going to wait for the next Pro Wrestling Tees uh, sale that they do because I'm cheap. So 
That's when I find my, oh, we don't my search you. too. We don't yeah. Okay. So, guys, thank you very much for this. Good luck coming up uh, at Time Bomb Pro Wrestling next week or in two weeks' time, May 27th. Uh, I'm stoked for you guys. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us, buddy. Take care.